podcast. My name is Sean, and I'm here with my good friend Dave, as always. Hello, everybody. This is where we discuss how to improve your life, Dave. I know. It's mm-hmm. the most improvement project of the world. No? <coughs> we can't say that anymore because we have friends across the pond. I know. Um, our s- Canadian cousins. Our Canadian cousins, our new podcast best friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today is a very special episode because we have a guest online with us. Lee, how are you doing? How you doing, guys? Pleased to meet you. Good, awesome good to, to see meet you, with my you. man. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you. I know we've been trying to put this together for a little while, so finally, uh, finally got there. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I've been dodging the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, it won't be too traumatic for you. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are going to be talking all about entrepreneurship. Yeah, the journey of an entrepreneur. The journey of an entrepreneur. The problems they may face. Why people decide to do it. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of interesting topics that could come out of this conversation. So what we're hoping for is some interesting answers. Mm-hmm. But to kick off, um, question for you: Which is the most unreliable tradesman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not naturalistic. Is <laughs> Dave said all of them. Yeah, that's uh, my naturalistic. The my, whole lot. My experience: I'm going with plasterer, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> fine start to the day for fine you. Fine start to the morning. Yeah, it's been it's been a good laugh. Uh, <laughs> stressful, but it's been good times. <laughs> Any case, so we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. Well, you made it here. That's the thing. In just in time you made as it well. Here, yeah. yeah, I said I'd be three minutes late. I was mm-hmm. bang on as well. Great time management skills for me. Well, you're just you know just keeping expectations. I'm just on it. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, would you would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure, guys. So yeah, a little bit about my background. Um, I, I joined the army at uh, 16 years old. I was 16? nine years in the military. Yeah, 16 yeah, years. That's old. an early start. Yeah, well, kind of. My my father and my grandfather were, were both in the army, mm. and it was I was pu- pushed into it a little bit. You know, I always I had a flair for um, anything camping, anything military. I was always into that kind of thing. So mm. I went through the the scouts, the cadets, and then eventually joined the army. Um, you know, my old man walked me down to the career center, arm behind my back. Yeah. This is what you're going to do, boy. Sign here. Sign your life away. I think it was then you, you had to sign up for a minimum of, uh, I think it was three years. So, you know, you, you kind of, you've, you've got to, it's a, it's a big commitment. Um, and that was over in Norwich. Mm. And then um, nine years later, I left the military and then got into a, a career in the oil and gas industry. Nice. So starting in, uh, well, I started in Singapore, actually. Mm-hmm. Then that came back to the North Sea, Aberdeen, which you know, David. Well, we both uh, do, yeah. And then internationally all over the place. So I've worked in about 36 countries to date. Wow. And in 2008, while I was working in the Sahara Desert of all places, out of a little town called Hassi Massoud, mm-hmm. I was working for a company called Weatherford. I'm sure you've heard of oh, them. Oh, yeah. Indeed, yes. Weatherford. They're big up quite a big base up Aberdoon. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to apply for another job internally uh, within the company. So in my office, I was, I was writing my, my, my new CV. And somebody came in, another one of the engineers came in and said, oh, Lee, what are you doing there? I just write my CV. He says, oh, that, that looks quite good. I, I need mine done. Could you do mine? And I <laughs> said, well, I'm a bit busy, you know, but if you want me to, I could do it for $50. Because we had Canadians on the rig, Americans on the rig, and it just seemed the currency used over there was, was dollars as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I ended up writing about 25 CVs, <laughs> walking off the rig with a handful of cash. I remember buying some nice things on the airport on the way home, think, feeling, you know, this is quite lucrative. Nice. CVs. So um, that was my first kind of jump into, I would say, online entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I wiped out the market on the rig. 
so I went went to the internet and I built a a, um, a website to to sell CV or, well to sell CV writing services. Mm-hmm. And again, you know that's that's where it all started. This was in two thousand and eight, but from there, oh, I mean now I've I've developed about twenty different websites, used a load different shitload of different systems yeah. to try and make these companies work you know falling down the right the, the holes traps everywhere things which are going wrong people giving you the messages online oh you can get rich quick mm. using this system come and hire me i know what i'm doing i can coach you into this yeah um now oh, i remember on my first website i paid two guys two clowns five grand to build me a site which just it wasn't wow. working so wow. i taught myself how to do it good man good for um, you and now well we're now um I've been doing the the online stuff for 11 years and I went through the transition of leaving a full-time corporate job three years ago and kind of taking the leap of faith into making my own little business work. Amazing. I mean, three years ago, it got to the stage where it was earning more money than a hobby. Yeah. um, And I could just about live on it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, sod this, sod going away to different oil and gas jobs all over the world. I would... um, take the leap of faith um well I, I rented an office to begin with uh that but again you know when when you rent a facility an office that that puts you know a big chunk of your uh, of your income is going on, on on the rent and i can see you guys what were you at home now or yeah literally my dining room table so this is Same my here. this so- is where i work out most of the time um although that will have to change in the very near future mm-hmm. um or at least find a, another option but uh, but yeah this has kind of been it this is where we've recorded almost all the podcasts well originally i i rented this office in an oil and gas hub um, because um, the niche market for me was oil and gas. And I, and I was trying to get into oil and gas training as well and deliver training. Mm-hmm. I managed to pick up a couple, couple of um, contracts with East Coast College and I was instructing there, but it just, it wasn't working. And I think you need to know as an entrepreneur when something is not working yeah. mm-hmm. and when to pull the plug, mm-hmm. right? You could be going at something for years and years and years because you're so passionate about it, but it might not be commercially viable. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, that happened in, in the first six months of me jumping into it full time. Right, I had okay. all these wonderful ideas and I kind of lost my direction a little bit. Mm. So now... Oh, the shiny I'm object in, syndrome. Yeah, well, yeah, correct. I'm now in, um, in the garden office, um, the garden shed. Amazing. Oh, yeah, nice. The, well, I basically converted it, made it nice, um, you know, put the electrics in, windows in, air conditioning. And this is now where I run my business. And basically, you know, your, your overheads are very, very little mm-hmm. when you run an online business. I think, I, I mean, I, I've got a few things that I pay for. Um, I, I use um, online software mm-hmm. like uh, Canva. You mm-hmm. guys will know. Oh, yeah, Canva. I know Canva. Yeah, yeah. yeah the graphic software. Um, and there's, there's a few other things. I mean, I use LinkedIn Premium. I'm an advocate of that. I love LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn every day. Same. I would 99%, well, no. 95% of my business comes through LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Right, Just pushing okay. it and pushing it on there. Wow. But yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit about my background. Military, awesome. oil and gas, and then the uh, last three years, full-time entrepreneur, running my own online business, where I, where I, where I basically um, um, I optimize CVs and I optimize LinkedIn profiles for uh, senior job seekers. Mm-hmm. So we're talking engineers, management, and executive level. Yeah, yeah. And I optimize their LinkedIn profiles. I also teach them about LinkedIn, what they're doing wrong on there. I mean, there's a lot of new people. I mean, you get thousands of people joining this daily, this platform Mm -hmm. all over the world. 
Um, and a lot of people, they just set up their profile really, really quickly. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about search engine optimization. Yeah. Um, and they, they just get it all wrong. They're not getting found. So I, I help with that. And I also help small to medium-sized businesses do the same. Mm. Um, I often get people book coaching sessions with me. Um, want to, you know, pick my brains about best ways to build websites, SEO, digital marketing, um, LinkedIn marketing, what to do on LinkedIn and how to, how to get business through LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where my main bread and butter is now. Interesting um, you use the word coaching. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, 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 drawn to that because, and not, not to pick on you or to, you know, be negative. Um, when you say coaching, what, what does coaching mean to you? I'm, I'm curious because I see a lot of people out there say they coach. I'm, um, well, I've got a military background, as you know. Mm-hmm. At the end of my military background, I was an instructor. I used to take recruits through basic training. Mm. So I've got, um, you know, I've been trained by the military, how to instruct people, how to start, and this is why I'm quite confident. Mm-hmm. When I came out of the military into the oil and gas, quite easily, you know, I could stand up in front of everybody, deliver a toolbox talk, deliver a safety presentation, whatever, whatever it was. And I think having that background has helped me transition into what I do now, yeah. you know, speak people live like we are now um when it comes to me coaching i'm i'm teaching people how to succeed in their businesses mm. all right i'm 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 I'm, sh- I'm sharing my knowledge with them okay i'm showing and i'm not just you know i'm not handing over a piece of paper um or or sending them an email with a mm-hmm. list of things that they need to do yeah i actually physically screen share using using zoom like what we're using now mm-hmm. so when someone books a coaching session with me I will open up my screen so we've got a live, you know, um, visual and audio of, of what, what, what we're doing. Mm. So it's either looking at a website or looking at their LinkedIn profile. And I actually go through it from top to bottom and I pick holes in what they've got. And I explain why I'm going to change something and the benefits it, it will bring to them. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how I do my coaching. So it's one on one. So you get that interaction, not just over the telephone like this, what we're doing with Zoom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with me coaching, I think knowledge sharing teaching people how to succeed mm. um, and especially with you know a lot of young entrepreneurs they get into the game and they think it's all going to be sunshine bells and whistles and it's not mm. it's it's fucking hard work yeah what made you i just want to explore this a little bit further what made you call it what you're doing coaching <sighs> a little bit of a play I'll, I'll be honest with you it's a little bit of a play on words as well mm-hmm. with LinkedIn. Um, if you call yourself a CV writer, uh-huh. right? It's a, to me, in my mind, it's a, it's a lower end job. Yeah. If you call yourself a CV and LinkedIn optimization coach, mm. there's a bit of grandeur to that. Mm-hmm. Right? It opens it up, and doesn't it? A little bit more. It, open, it opens up a whole new, and for me, what it did with me, it opened, uh, I put the word coach on my profile about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. It used to say, um, see personal branding specialist that's what it used to say personal mm-hmm. branding specialist right mm-hmm. but about a year and a half ago I th- you know and i was i was told to do this from someone because um you'll know when you're an entrepreneur you need joint ventures you need to partner with different organizations mm-hmm. to make your business work to get to get reach yeah um, and to get you network. know little bits of business trickling in from from other areas mm-hmm. and someone told me um you know this this is what you are you're 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 a uh, personal and business branding specialist and i looked at that and i thought mm, ultimately i need to call myself what people are going to be searching for 
mm. right? What they're searching for on LinkedIn or online. Mm. So I, I, at the moment, I've gone with the word CV and LinkedIn optimization coach. Do you know what? That's not set in stone. Mm. That might change in another six months. I might find something better. Yeah. Right. Words are funny things when it comes to online. Mm -hmm. um, because I find with your LinkedIn profile, if you Google my name, for instance, mm -hmm. um, my business, it doesn't come out at the top. LinkedIn comes at the top because it's got such an authority on search engines. Yeah. So you really need to get your, you know, your keywords and your title bang on when it mm. comes to LinkedIn. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I found because I am a professional coach and mm. I've moved into this world, I've discovered that and it's interesting your take on it that's why i wanted to to ask because yeah. i've found there's a lot of people out there who call themselves coaches um but in terms of the way that um that i would articulate what a coach is what you've just said doesn't fit that definition for no. me because for me a coach isn't someone who tells someone what to do or gives them advice they instead hold well, the I space. I, I'm just going to butt in just yeah, 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 go for it. I am um, something else that I do do with all my clients is I, I support their journey. Ah, cool. Okay. So I have got this support. I've got, you know, there's a network. If someone signs up with me as a client, mm -hmm. you know, they become part of my gang. Mm. I, I've got their back. If I see them, something going online with them, you know, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to tell them, Hey, you know, I'm here what you're doing i think is slightly wrong you've just you've gone off track here and i'll pull people back on track and they know they, they i mean everyone who's one of my clients they, they've got me on speed dial they've got me on whatsapp um if they want to jump on a quick session like this just to discuss something they've they've got that advice that support from me um and that usually i don't charge extra money for that later on if it starts going into hours and hours of time yes i do mm. you know i'm a business at the end of the day but if someone's got a quick question get on the blower, ask me, they're already a client, no problem, and I, and I support them. So I think that word support comes into my idea of a coach. Yeah, it very much does. But then it's the, the, different, the key difference is because I would almost classify what you're doing as a mentor, as, yeah. a, as a CV and, and LinkedIn mentor. Yeah, like mm. taking what you're doing and it, it's more of a mentor because a mentor is someone who would tend to give their perspective and their experience whilst also challenging and supporting on that journey whereas Do you know what david there's something i've noticed about the word coach on especially on linkedin right? what's that as soon as i put that word coach in there uh -huh. i was inundated with other coaches reaching out to me really saying or how they could they could bring more business into me because I think there's a plethora of these um, business development specialists on LinkedIn mm. who who target coaches and they say, look, you've got a coaching business. Yeah. Is it, it's not doing very well. We can guarantee so many leads each month. I've yeah. had loads of I've these, been, yeah. I have been inundated with those since I changed that title. Mm -hmm. Totally. Same here. Because I've found, and this was also through my own experience, yeah, I signed up to a couple of programs and because I qualified as a coach last year. Um, and when I came out of that, I, I wanted to find the kind of the next step. And it, instead of f focusing on myself and my own development, I wanted to then develop myself as an entrepreneur, develop myself mm -hmm. as a business. And I signed up for a couple of programs that were coaching, but 
I found it to just be so prescriptive, which then led me to then become more aware of other people or businesses who were calling themselves coaches, but then weren't actually delivering what I expected a coach to deliver. Um, so yeah, I just, I find the whole thing interesting. It's, it's like for me, coaching is a bit of a buzzword. It's a bit of a, um, it's like the cool thing to be. Um, <laughs> Almost like a trend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know what, that's cool because actually that's bringing a greater level of awareness to coaching in general because mm. I think coaching is still relatively new. It's still a kind of developing profession. And for me, you know, the more exposure we get into coaching, the better. But um, my only kind of caveat to that is I, I would like it if there was kind of less confusion for people in general when they go out there looking for a coach that they kind of understand the difference between a true coach and a coach that's probably mm. veering more towards the I, mentoring I totally and advice. Work. When I'm building high-level CVs, often the word coaching and mentoring comes into the CVs. Mm. And, um, you get a lot of people in business who've never been coaches before, and they've, they've got that word down, coaching and mentoring on their CVs. Mm -hmm. um, interestingly enough, I'm, I'm sure this guy won't mind, mind me talking about him. I like Three weeks ago, I had a client who was um, a military training instructor yeah. taking recruits through basic training, mm. and he, he'd done a level three award in coaching okay um I ilm and he was explaining to me this this course and what it entailed yeah and very what academic it was to, i believe yeah what it was to be uh, a coach and you know how he'd come in and he i don't he would identify um design designing programs delivering programs and it was very interesting uh, mm. very in depth and um i used to do that job in the past what he was doing i used to do it awesome. but back then they, they didn't they didn't um the military didn't didn't push you through these qualifications mm -hmm. but i think i've got the um i mean i've been a sports coach before you know I, I've, I've i've been a swimming teacher before mm -hmm. um, i'm a qualified lifeguard so um i'm i've in the past i've been a volunteer army cadet instructor yeah and done lots of things like that so i, I have been i believe you know I, I think i can class myself as a little bit of a coach <laughs> you've got patience is what we're saying exactly yeah, well, you need that oh you, you definitely absolutely need that. need that yeah i mean well you need you need that in business as well you need that um dealing with any one of my clients some i mean you'll know this you're different podcast people everybody's different everybody's mm. got different expectations definitely um, oh tell us about it. <laughs> some clients are a dream to work with they're just so easy some really really hard mm -hmm. and um, a job can end up doubling doubling if not tripling in size in, in the time that you spend on it. And then, you know, is it, is it worth it at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. This is why um, one, of, one, of my, one of my tips for entrepreneurs is, you know, select your audience. Mm -hmm. pick, pick the right person you're going to do business with, that you're going to jump into bed with. Yeah. Right? See, that's tricky though, isn't it? Especially when you're starting out because when you... Yeah, when you start out, take you want to take everything. Yeah, you, need you, it. you take the leap, you feel like you've got to take on everything. Saying no to things is quite tricky. Mm -hmm. um, I yeah, I, what you what you're saying there, Sean, is is exactly true. Um, that first year and a half in business for me, I was just saying yes to every job yeah. because yeah. I needed it financially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I've got a family to support, and I and I needed that. The bills had to be paid. Um, when you're an entrepreneur, there is no salary at the end of the, the month. You know, you you make what you make. Sometimes you can with, you know, in the beginning, you're living week to week. I mean, at the beginning, it was day to day, yeah. then week to week, then month to month. And then you managed to get ahead by some, by a little bit. 
then something happens. Life, life happens. And then you're back then at you're the back start. Where what? All right. But if it's you've true. got the systems set up, you've got the landing pages set up, you've got CRM, you know, customer relation management, you know what all this is, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got the right system set up, you can you can go to the business um, to basically invest a little bit of time and that time will turn into money. Definitely. Well, this is it. Um, right. We're going to move on to a question that we've been given. Um, I actually got this through an email, so people are emailing us. Hey, cool. <laughs> people email us all the time. <laughs> In any case, uh, there's a question about entrepreneurs, um, which is effectively why we're talking about it. Um, quite an interesting one. Um, I have just written it down again. Um, <laughs> just so you get it right. Yeah, well, I wanted to get the words the words correctly because I think it's quite an interesting question that we can unpack. Um, so what it says, this is from Dave, actually. Oh, uh, right. So that's how I Cheers, remember. Cheers, Dave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He just says Dave. He didn't give a last name or anything. Um, but he says, I have a current role. I promise role. it wasn't me. I, I feel like it might have been now. <laughs> <laughs> Not until you mentioned that. <laughs> there's a lot of Daves out there. Yeah, tell me about it. There's, there's four Sean Gordons I know. Really? Yeah. One lives around the corner. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> And anyway, uh, the question is, um, is I have a current role that he's not totally passionate about. Mm. I have a side business slash hobby that generates some income. I've been thinking for a while that I could take the hobby and make it full time. Mm. Obviously, there are huge risks to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm. What made you decide to start your own business? So there's quite a lot there that we can sit and unpack. Right. Um, Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got got a bomb I can drop now. Wonderful. Do you want to go for it now? Yeah, yeah. We'll come yeah, back to good. the question in a wee second. So I was running my little business kind of as a hobby, little sideline. Um, you know, from two thousand and eight. Um how many years ago Yeah, we're eleven years ago. Yeah, I'm just trying to think when this when this happened. Okay. <laughs> right, well three three years ago. Okay. I was um I was working in the oil and gas industry. Uh, working away i think i was in israel at the time mm. now um my, my family my family life my personal life um i've been like most people in the oil and gas industry i've, I've split up with someone before and i've got a child mm. with my past partner mm-hmm. does that happen a lot um, oh yeah <laughs> all right yeah, yeah i think in the oil and gas industry, prevalent yeah. and pe- people who tend to work away a lot it happens to mm. and uh, i know I, I disappear sometimes for three months there was one. There was one particular instance. I I went away. There was a six month job, and six months later I come back. Wow. That's not healthy for a family environment. No. That's one of the reasons. That's one of the drivers behind me wanting to get out of the industry mm. and do something for myself, and then be at home every day. I mean, I literally took my my kids to school this morning, which was lovely, and I can pick them up every day. Awesome. Um, now when I got with my my new wife Haley, um, she she got children as well, and I I came into the family. Um, happy, we're happily married we've got a child of our own and I took on some stepchildren mm. now I've been with Haley for nearly nine years now amazing um, my little girl is seven now one of Haley's um, daughters was um, she was poorly she, she was born with a condition called methoramic acidemia so basically she couldn't eat or drink anything and she had what's called um, a peg in her side or a jejostomy, I, th- I think it's called. Wow. So she was okay. fed, basically, on a backpack and a pump with kind of, um, I would call it in layman's term, quite a milkshake, which was being fed into her to mm. keep her alive. Jeez. And, and my, my wife's full-time job was to care for, for Sydney. Mm-hmm. Now, 
Sydney was given a, a short life, life expectancy and a lot of Haley's time was spent between Great Ormond Street Hospital mm-hmm. and back where we live from the local hospital. It was like our lives. We'd go down to Ormond Street, we'd be in London. Um, you know, the kids would come down to London with us, we'd, we'd stay in hotels and whatnot, we'd do that. So I think Sydney had, over, over, it was way over 30 operations, wow. 15 years old, right? Oh, 30 operations. And what happened um, three years ago while I was in Israel, um, Sydney passed away. Oh, so, um, you know, it caught everything caught up oh, with her, and she passed away. So I, obviously, you know, I'm I'm straight home, and I'm I'm dealing with things. Um, but my, you know, the loss of a child in a, in a family, you can't comprehend it unless you've been through it. Yeah, and it completely turned our world upside down. Mm-hmm. My wife couldn't go to work; she couldn't cope. She couldn't cope with the other children to begin with. Yeah. you know, she's doing really well now, but. I I had to make that decision there and then. Well, this is it. I'm not going to go away anymore. I'm now going to fall back on my hobby. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and the answer to your question is, I had no choice but to make it work. I had yeah. no choice. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think with some people, they've got a they've got a choice, and the risks are there, and they don't jump in because those risks are there. You know, they've got that salary coming in every month. Mm-hmm. It's too risky. Mm-hmm. With me. I, I couldn't leave my family. I needed a way of earning money. I applied for local jobs in the local area, um, trying to get an office job in oil and gas. Mm-hmm. And the, you know what the market was like? The, the market's still like, David. Well, yeah, three years, years ago. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. There's, it's inundated with, uh, there's, too, there's, there's too many qualified and experienced people, mm-hmm. and there's not enough jobs to go around. Mm-hmm. And you know, all the wages went, went down. So I, I just thought, well, this is it. I'm, I'm going to go for it. So I had some savings. Um, I think I had about 20 grand put away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing how fast that goes. Yeah. That but went very, very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this is where I came up with the ideas of doing, because I used to do a lot of training offshore. Mm-hmm. I used to design training programs for offshore companies on the drilling side, and then I'd deliver them. So I, I came up with a bunch of new training programs for people who are new in the industry. And then I, I went on some training courses to learn about offshore wind. And then I tried to come up with some new courses and then start delivering those in local colleges. But the money just wasn't there. And I, you know, this is where I let the office go. I came, I, I downsized everything. Mm-hmm. So this, this is, if you've got an idea um, of turning your hobby into some kind of business, mm-hmm. number one, right, outgoings, keep them to an absolute minimum. Yes. Get rid of everything you don't need to do. I mean, mm-hmm. to make this work, I ended up selling two cars. Wow. Um, spending 20 grand of my of, 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 of my, my savings. That's not it, though. It's the time that you invest, mm-hmm. the amount of yeah. time that I've put into this. I talk, night, night shifts, you know, constantly coming out into my garden office. Um, everybody's asleep in the house, and I'm out here building, mm-hmm. creating. Yeah. I'm blogging. I'm making graphics. I'm branding. I'm pushing my message out. I'm connecting with people constantly, constantly connecting with people on LinkedIn. Um, because I remember in that, in that first year, God, I, um, I think at the end of that first year, I even went to my dad and I, I, I said, yeah, I need to borrow some money, borrowed some money. I've got it all back to him now. And I'm quite pleased about that. But to, to the, the, the pain of going through that, it's really, really, it's pro- probably the most difficult thing I've done in my life yeah, is bet. getting this business up and running. I mean, now I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm now up and running and I now earn a living. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm no, I'm not a rich man guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't have brand new cars anymore. I have secondhand cars, mm -hmm. but it's coming. Do you know what I mean? There's a bigger picture yeah. for me. It's a long-term game. Mm -hmm. It's um, and and I've got a strategy to to build the business. Um, but yeah, that's that's what pushed me into this. And I think just to summarise, if you are going to do it, make sure you've got all your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. Make sure that the market. I don't know what this guy's product was. What was what he's talking about? Yeah. What market? What sector he is? Yeah, it doesn't make say sure it. that that sector. Make sure that that sector's buoyant. Mm -hmm. Do your homework. Yeah, it, it, it might be inundated with with other products which are already doing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and often that, that is the case when someone comes up with an idea. Mm -hmm. For Christ's sake, if you've got an idea, use your common sense. Google it and find out who else is doing it, mm -hmm. right? And then if you think you've still got a, a chance of doing it, yeah, you know, work out what your market differentiator is. Mm -hmm. You need to be different to what everybody else is doing. Well, and whatever is it is you're doing that's different needs to deliver value for whoever's going to buy it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that totally makes sense, to be honest. I mean, it's it's a sad circumstance that basically forced you into what, what you had to do. Um, it's It sounds to me, well, this guy's obviously got the choice. Uh, Dave obviously has the choice mm. for this. Um, but what he says, the first sentence interested me is that he's got a current role that he's not completely passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's quite often to get stuck in that, though, isn't it? Mm -hmm. you know, you the can golden handcuffs, as it's often called. Yeah, I mean, particularly in, <laughs> in reference to people working in oil and gas. So you're mm. you're essentially handcuffed to the job that you're doing that you're not passionate about, that you're not feeling well, properly energized by, because you're yeah. earning so much money yeah. that it's yeah. then it's too much risk. It's too much. Well, you get trapped. Energy. You get exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get trapped. You get, and I know I've got friends who are still in the game. Mm. You went, they end up, and it doesn't matter what game it is. Mm. It could be financial services in London, yeah. right? You get involved in that game. You go and get a great big mortgage, mm -hmm. great big cars on finance and whatnot. Yeah. You've got commitments, yeah. Exactly. And all of a sudden, you can't, you can't just turn your back on those commitments. Mm -hmm. You, you get stuck in the job, and you know that's the decision you've made. Totally. Um, for me, I've always had this entrepreneur spark. I have never really enjoyed working for somebody <laughs> being told what to do. Mm. Um, that, that being said, when you become, you know, a small business entrepreneur, solo, solo, uh, solo entrepreneur, which I've seen flying around on the, on the internet, mm -hmm. um, every client you get becomes your boss. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is yeah. It, yeah. That's the ironic thing, isn't it? We don't want to, yeah. we say we don't want to work for somebody else. But, but then, then you end up working for 10 different people at the exactly, same time. Exactly, exactly. You end up working for loads yeah. of people. Mm. And that's what it's about. It's about recognizing that working for yourself is, a, is about service. And it's having, yeah. it's, it's about a life of service, serving others, but also serving yourself, you know, yeah. because you can't serve others if you're not properly serving yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's an awful lot oh. of things that we, can, that we can generate out of this, to be honest. Yeah. Um, working for yourself is quite a tricky game because, like you say, you don't want to work for someone else. I've seen a few people take the leap into entrepreneurship, but they're not disciplined enough and their time management is all over the place, at least uh, to begin with. They, yeah. they, they learn it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I think that's, well, that's one of the main hey, so, things. So for time, time management, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on Max. And I've got Apple iPhone and everything is in the cloud, all my stuff. Um, I found that the calendar on, on the Mac wasn't good enough. Mm. So, what do I use? <laughs> yeah, Fantastical 2 is what I'm using for the calendar. And I find that this just works over all my devices. And I, I use Zoom, like what we're using now, yep. to 
to host any meetings that I do online. Yeah, and you know, with awesome. Zoom, you can send out that calendar invite. Mm-hmm. Thing they get, they get that, 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 that invitation. It goes on their calendar. It goes on your calendar. This is something else I'm doing with the time management. People can book their time with me via my website, mm-hmm. but the website is synced to my to my to my Google Calendar. Mm. So they can go on there and they can see what slots are available throughout the week. Okay. Now, to begin with, I wasn't I wasn't using any online system to to book people in. It was manual. I'm ringing them up. I was writing things down. Complete mess. So now, for my time management, I'm I'm using software to help me out. So what? And I'm using an automated system. Sorry, what was the calendar you're using? I'm using Fantastical Two. Fantastical so Two. Yeah, and we'll pop a link to that. I know. But you're um, are you also using Google Calendar as well? Yeah, so that's 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 synced with my Google no, Calendar. So it's integrated into it. Mm. So with with the Fantastical Two, it's just like a like um, a calendar app, mm-hmm. and then you can say what, what what accounts you want to bring into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely recommend Fantastical Two. Oh, um, for, for for my website, I mean, I've, I always was with WordPress to begin with, mm. but I've moved away from WordPress now because I found that with WordPress. Then I needed MailChimp. I needed something so I could mm. send out bot emails. Mm. Then I needed a CRM. Then I needed um, uh, um, invoicing system. And they're all extra things which I had to pay for. Yeah. So I scoured the internet and I looked at different solutions. And to be honest, I think Wix was the best solution. Yeah, it, Wix has got a couple of good little add-ons for free, really effectively. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I pay something like £160 a year. That's for the email address. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ah, corporate email address, we get onto that. You need a corporate email address if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Set up your own one. Get your own domain. Get your own domain. Yeah. I mean, um, GoDaddy.com, HostGator, I used to, um, you know, you can get these really cheap. But that's the fir- one of the first things I would do is before even having a website, make sure use LinkedIn like a website. Use your LinkedIn page like a landing page. Yeah. Right? And just have the, the domain name and the email address to begin with. Cost mm-hmm. you like... 12 bucks a year. Yeah, it doesn't cost a lot. Exactly. Um, That way, and and the email signature, brand your email signature. Mm -hmm. Get your logo in there. Um, You know, having a a logo which portrays, because there's something, the perception of value, Mm -hmm. perceived value. I know, it's something I need to do because I haven't worked out how to put my logo in my signature yet. I think I'm still using Apple Mail. Just go on HubSpot. There's a, again, free way of doing this. HubSpot. Just Google HubSpot email signature generator. Mm. Right, so that will that will give you a nice little way to, you know, it'll give you several templates, get to upload your your information, and it'll do it for you. Oh, amazing! HTML signature, it makes it look a lot lot better. Look at that! Well, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, I'll pop a link well, to HubSpot. I could go well. on and on with little tips and tricks here. Yes, I know. Well, it's interesting you say that actually, because we're coming up to roughly thirty five minutes or so, um, but I've got another. There's a whole. Other section of this lot of us to talk about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole other section of this that, that we're going to go to. So what we'll do is we'll roll over to a part two, um, keep the listeners in suspense. Yeah, for, for good. another week. Um, right. So what we can do is we can uh, say goodbye for now. Um, roll over to next time, uh, the next interview. Um, we'll, we'll continue answering Dave's question because it seems to be a lot of yes, topics coming out of this. There's a lot here. There's a lot of tips mm-hmm. and tricks coming from Lee. Mm-hmm. Been a, been a pleasure guys awesome. All right. no, thank you for your time Lee, and thank you so much for listening folks if you've got any questions please email us hello at improvementproject.co.uk we're on Instagram now did you know that yay <laughs> I think we always were it was Twitter we didn't like yeah that's right yeah. that's right <laughs> we're on that's LinkedIn. you on the flip side <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, we're on LinkedIn Facebook and Instagram uh, Lee how do we get in touch with you 
yeah, you can find my website. It's uh, bigger-fish.co.uk. Uh, you can equally find me on LinkedIn. That's where I hang out. You can yes. always get me on there. So just, you know, search my name, Lee Woodrow. And then I should be probably top of the list on, on LinkedIn there. Perfect. Awesome. We'll pop links into that as well in the show notes and things like that. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much for your time and for listening. Um, what I do, we'll continue this for next time. And we'll take it from you. See you guys.